0: Good morning and glory to God. It's podcast day. I hope you're doing well on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Well, uh, maybe to you it's not beautiful. It's a little rainy out. However, uh, our king is sitting on the throne. Our creator, come on, is sitting on the throne of authority, the highest authority in the land. And then we have Jesus our advocate in heaven on the right hand, our Savior, our Messiah, on the right hand of the Father. He's on the seat of, uh, of power. Come on now. That's good news. Amen. And here we are in Palm Coast, Florida, coming to you live podcast morning. Tuesday morning, uh, February the 8th, uh, the year is moving right along. And I want to get right into this, and then I'll pray for you afterwards. But I want to stay in the track and, and on the, um, I don't know, the same line we've been dealing with you know this end time understanding, knowing our enemy, uh, end time demons. You know the attack of Satan, the ability of God people, God believers, the the, uh, the anointing, the exusia, the dunamis. You know greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. So we're we're not glorifying Satan. However, we're we're tracking our enemy. That's just wisdom. You know a lot of people uh, right now in churches across America. Uh, they're just having a feel-good type, picking out, making little, you know, biblical stories up, which is great. You know, anything Bible is wonderful. However, uh, even in the our, our uh, Gospels, uh, Jesus warned us that we wouldn't even know the signs of the, or the times. Uh, not talking about natural signs or times, we would know them. But we wouldn't even recognize the signs, the spiritual signs or the prophetic timeline signs. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of our, uh, you know, we're just driven, one of our goals, one of our assignments, Uh, and I think every church should have the same assignment these last days, that we should be pointing God's people in the right direction, and that we should be blowing the pre-trumpet of Zion to get ready, because our ark of safety, Jesus the Christ, is fixing to come back and rescue us uh, before doom is released, before judgment is released on humanity. So I want to get into this once again. If you have your Bibles, notebooks, get ready. And I want to get into, I want to go right to um, Titus, uh, just a a little book here, uh, Paul writing to one of his sons, uh, Titus and the faith. And I want to look at Titus chapter 2. And I want to look at 7 and then 11 through 13. I'll go with 7 first. It says, in all things showing Uh, thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing um, and it says there showing uncorruptness gravity and sincerity sound speech that cannot be uh, condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you and then let's drop down uh, 11 through 13 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So there in chapter 2, it says living soberly. Now this word, I've just been really excited about this word in the last, I don't know, few months, and not excited of the word, but meaning the meaning of the word. And a lot of times when, we, when you hear that word soberly, we, we immediately go to alcohol. We think, oh, we're talking about alcohol. But we're not talking about alcohol. We're, we're talking about being wise or, or being awake or alert uh, to the season we are in. And a lot of people are, are not. You know, you got to look at not even the world. The world's, you know, completely lost concerning the day that we're in. But I'm talking to the body of Christ here. You know, and, and you know, there's two meanings of this word. Number one, the first, the Greek word here, which is nepho, means to be proper or to be sober, not drunk, not intoxicated, figuratively free from illusions, from the intoxication influence of sin, like the impact of selfish passions, greed, etc. Uh, and that's, uh, once again, that's Strong's 3525. And then it goes on to say to be sober, Unintoxicated refers to having a, a presence of mind, clear judgment, uh, enabling someone to be temperate, self-controlled, uh, uninfluenced by intoxicants, uh, means to have one's wits, faculties about them, which is a, a opposite of being irrational. Now, if we once again look at this in the spiritual sense, uh, we can say it like this. Uh, there's doom, there's danger. There's evil all around us, and if you can't recognize this, maybe you're intoxicated with the day, with the season, with the demons, with the culture that we're presently living in. Understand this. uh, Satan is not the god of this world in the sense of he created this world. He didn't create anything. Satan's a fallen angel with no creative ability. Let me say that again. Satan was uh, aggressively removed from his position, stripped from his heavenly authority and thrown out of heaven uh, radically by Jesus, uh, uh, in such a way the Bible says, "I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning." Now he didn't fall from heaven like in the power of lightning. No, it was such a violent removal that when they threw him out of heaven, there was like friction in the molecules of the air that that I believe caused electricity in a sense. So. Satan's not a creator. He has no creative abilities. He's a deceiver, a liar, a manipulator. So he'll deceive, uh, he'll lie to you, he'll manipulate you and thinking he has power, creative ability, and so on and so forth, but he doesn't. Now, he is the God of this culture, meaning the lost culture, the people in this world that are lost, that are without God, and the systems that have been set up in this world are run by Satan. They're they're demonic systems, not the system of faith, not the exousia power, the authority power of God, not the dunamis, the inerrant power or ability of an anointed heavenly being here on this earth. But I'm talking about just the day-to-day operations of the world, the system, the democracy, government. Uh, He has influenced all these areas and he has become the God of this world. Now back to being sober, if you can't understand that, You've become intoxicated by the spirits of Satan, uh, by the day-to-day operations of the world, by the news of the world, by everything the world, uh, the ungodly world is portraying. You've become intoxicated to such a point where you don't even recognize the hour, the time, and the day we're in. Now, I'm a little more of an aggressive uh, type. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. Maybe... I'm just normal, but maybe there's so much, you know, slack type preachers, leaders, so on and so forth. But I even think to this point, you better take a look at your family, mom, dad. Uh, you better, you know, take inventory of your relationship. And this, you know, the, the world portrays mom's in control. Mom's got to happy, be happy. The wife's got to be happy. If mom ain't happy, nobody happy. That's not that that's that's biblically incorrect. Uh, you know, or the man's a pig, the man's a slob, the man's controlling, manipulating, and that's just how it goes. No, that, that's incorrect. Uh, we better look back to the word of God and align with the word of God, who God has created us to be, and then who God has put us together and covenanted with us in marriage. And then we have a holy responsibilities as a husband and a wife, God ordained. And then secondly, our children. Now, that's kind of where I want to get because some are intoxicated concerning our children and the role they play in the family. Uh, Satan has exalted the children as the king, queens, the high priest of the family, and that's in complete and total error. And what we have now is we have mom and dad have become, you know, the the little girl, little boy, you know, our sons and daughters, uh, chauffeur, uh, booking agent, uh, you know, manager, then our whole life, you know, we, we put our husband to the side, we put our wife to the side, and our whole life now is making sure that, that little Johnny, if you will, little Susie, if you will, you know, are, are seen a certain way in society or portrayed a certain way in society, that social media depicts that our little child is just somebody special. And they're going to keep up with the Jones, and we're going to make sure of it no matter what it costs us. Well, hello, hold on. Hold on now. If you Let me just give you a little Bible here. If you gain the whole world, like if you get all those accolades, you get all the trophies, you got to get all the likes on social media, you get all the little you know comments on social media and followers, or you know whatever it is, college, so on and so forth. Uh, but you lose your soul. Oh, that's a bad day, my friend. You gain the whole world naturally, but then you spend eternity in hell. Or, or because you have become so intoxicated and manipulated by Satan and his demons in the culture that you get your eye off the important thing. And now, because it's not a bad thing to love your children. It's not a bad thing, you know, to want to be treated right by your, your spouse, so on and so forth. But where you get into error is when you leave the word of God because God has laid it out. Let's just think about this. God has laid out life for the believer so perfectly and wonderfully. God's not trying to take anything from you. He's not trying to make you miserable. He's not an unhappy, you know, lack of joy. No, no, he's placed all those things within the parameters of Christianity. But when we become intoxicated in such a way to the world, where we forget or overlook the things of God or maybe even assume that, you know, I got saved, I do this, I do that, you know, I got this kind of like a little bit of Christianity, we assume that we're in good graces with God, uh, you better be careful. There's a there, Come on now, there's a day, uh, let's just say it like this, you better make sure the worldly wax is cleaned out of your ears when the trumpet blows or you might miss the signal. Come on now, I know that's a stretch and that's not really good doctrine, it's not bad, but I'm giving you an example, you know, uh, like saying maybe I could imply this. You better read the story of the parable of the ten virgins because I don't know that the five that got left behind spilt their oil or, or burnt their oil uh, purposefully or directly in evil sin. We can say this. They had a good intention. they got a, They had a good heart. However, they expelled their oil and refused to replenish it It was incorrect, whether it was a good heart, good idea, you know, whether it was evil sin or, you know, how we, you know, in modern day, we kind of gauge sin on levels. No, sin is sin. But uh, there's a possibility that you get so intoxicated with the world and you become blind to the hour and the moment we're in, and you switch gears into culture driven, culture led, and you miss the boat, so to speak, of Jesus Christ. When he comes back and calls us out of here, preaching pretty good. Come on, say amen. But it's time that we deny ungodliness, deny the worldly lust. Then we should, according to the Scripture, of Titus, live soberly. Let me take you to another Scripture here. I hope you're doing pretty good out there. Once again, these aren't to accept uh, to upset you, these podcasts. But we have to blow in in uh, the pre, uh, you know, horn of Zion and be prepared. Uh, when our Messiah comes back for us. Amen. So we're just getting ready. Uh, till the day I die, I will paint this uh, this target on the enemy. And if you're around me, you're going to know who your enemy is. You're going to know what he's up to. You're going to know where he is. And you're not going to become easy prey to him. Amen. 1 John 4. And we'll look in 5 and 6. It says, uh, they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God hears us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, once again, let's look back to that. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Meaning, we're in the world, we were worldly. We went through this transformation of a born again process when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We give our life to him. We trade lives. We receive his sacrifice. Now we've become godly kingdom, you know, a, a kingdom person, a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, and we should no longer talk in line with the world. Like we should be so polar opposite of the world, not to where we do it purposefully in the sense of just to aggravate everybody, let everybody know we're different. No, uh, our light should shine in within us should be uh, information that comes from heaven, not the world. And it should be just polar opposite of the direction the world's going in. Amen. Now let's look at another scripture here. Uh, 1 John 2, 18 and 19 says, Little children, it is the last time, last days, last hour. Uh, And as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last days, last time. Let's look at this. What does this mean? Well, we know, according to to Thessalonians, uh, Paul teaching to the church of Thessalonica, that we, the body of Christ, withhold this Antichrist from coming to power. Uh, Come on now. That's good news. I don't know about you, but I just get excited. Uh, Just reading that scripture brings the truth that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world uh, to surface or to life. Amen. And that is the truth. But in Thessalonians, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, we're withholding or we're stopping or holding back this Antichrist. It says, um, oh, let me read it to you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the son of man, uh, or or sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who oppose and exalteth himself above all that is called God, Or that is worship, so that God, uh, so that He, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing Himself that He is God. Remember, ye not that I told you, I was yet with you. I told you these things, Uh, and now it goes on and on, and it says, um, uh, "Drop down to." Let's just read this six, and know ye not that that uh, six here, uh, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. Well, uh, what is withholding uh, this coming of this this evil person full of sin or full of Satan is the body of Christ. Well, it's, it, it's the, the person of Christ, the power ability of Christ embodied uh, by the believer. So uh, we have this great power. We have this great authority. We have this great ability that God's given us, and we are straining now or holding back the, the the very you know uh, seating or authority of this antichrist that's coming, but in uh, the the book we we're just in First John, the Bible tells us that uh, there are many antichrists even now. So, what? How do we look at this? Are there going to be several? No, there's going to be one antichrist, but leading up to his day, there are antichrists. I was laying in bed last night, and, and I was I was just thinking, pondering. You know, uh, you know, just what, what I've been talking about, what I've been studying and I was thinking you can see everything if you just step back from the world, step out of the world almost and be like an alien type person alienated from what's going on looking in and, and you'd see the world differently, but we can see everything is already set up for the Antichrist. We can see within the government, the, the you know control in the government's just ready. it's ripe. Now there's good news to this and a lot of people ask me prophetically what do you see? Well I don't have to be a prophet to see the Word of God. you know the, the Antichrist won't take his seat of authority, complete and tro- total control until we be taken or ushered away by angelic hosts. Amen. So that being said, Uh, the Antichrist demons, pre-demons, if you will, uh, spirits, if you will, are are preparing or even setting up uh, to this unveiling or this crowning of this uh, demon-driven person that will run and rule and manipulate and deceive. Come on now, preaching pretty good, uh, a lot of the world. Now, not only government, but we see... Uh, a culture set up and ready to receive an antichrist. Now just think about, uh, we're so close, like like the, the, our culture, the society is at an extreme breaking point. Everything within society is at this, I mean, we're holding on by threads. It, it, so it appears, uh, you know, like society is about to lose it. it. It seems like we're getting ready to go to war in, a, in several different wars. It looks like even a World War Three. It seems like uh, we're getting ready to, you know, there, there's no authority in the land. There's no government, or, you know, reigning ruling with, with half a mind or a piece of a mind at least. Uh, it seems like law enforcement has no ability, no authority anymore. It seems like there's no, like the home has been infiltrated by evil. Mom and dad have left the home. It seems like children are, are running, you know, rampant in rebellion you know, there's it's just it, it, we're just right on the brink of, of total. You know, just a catastrophic, you know, season. Well, true and not true. Yes, this is the setting up for the Antichrist, and the world's going to get to such a place when we when we leave this earth. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be in such you know despair for someone to help for some kind of leader, and that's when this deceptive being will slide right into place. And he'll act like he's God and he'll act like he cares and he'll act like he loves until he gets the vote, until he gets, you know, the, the, the heart of the people, quote, unquote, the heart of the people. Uh, and he'll set the trap, then he'll close the trap and he'll catch humanity. Then he's going to lead them down a, a, an extremely dark path. And those who will not dance to the sound of his tune or his beat are, are, are going to be attacked uh, severely. So, once again, uh, I was thinking about this, and you can see the setup. These are the Antichrist, these little Antichrist, pre-runner spirit demons preparing the office, preparing the seat, uh, this high seat of authority for this, th- for the Antichrist. I don't know if I'm helping you. I hope I am. Uh, uh, glory to God. hope I'm bringing a little warning uh, to you. Let me give you another scripture here in 1 John uh, 2, it says, love not, 2.15, love not the world, uh, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doth doeth the will of the Father abide forever. Uh, once again, you, know, you can look right here and you can see there's the ability to get intoxicated with the world by falling in love with the world. Hey, we're, we're here for a season. Uh, we're here for a time. Uh, we're not here on a shopping spree. We're not here on a vacation. We're here on an assignment. And uh, one of the rules before we've been set here on an assignment by God, uh, our, our kingdom way, our kingdom right was do not fall in love with the world I'm sending you to. And it's like the body of Christ immediately begins to fall in love or do exactly what God said not to do. Come on now, you still there? Tuesday morning, uh, we got a, a, a couple more days left in the week. We got to start off strong. Let's look at this. Let's look at a few more scriptures. Drop over to verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Wow. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Uh, What a wonderful scripture. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be taught, uh, God hasn't put teachers, that means we're talking about a a worldly uh, system. Uh, We're talking about Uh, You know, a new doctrine is really what the intent is here. If you study this out, um, we don't need a new doctrine. You know, like these new teachers, new preachers, we call them seeker-friendly type preachers uh, that are trying to change, manipulate the word of God. Um, How how else can I say it? Change the meaning, uh, dumb it down, I guess would be a great term. We don't need that. Uh, We just need uh, true biblical doctrine that's led by the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, we would need to convey it in love, not judgment, not control, not anger. We need to take and preserve, uh, come on, the Holy Scripture, the integrity of the Scripture, and then we need to portray it uh, by the Holy Spirit wrapped in love in order to help others. Amen. Now, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit and get back about uh, concerning the church uh, because everything we do is, is you know, concerning the church, the body of Christ. And I want to look at a, a compromising church in Second Kings because this is kind of where the church is and this is where we have to protect ourselves and, and get away from. If we would just, like the people I see that abandon the church, now I'm not talking about a, you know a denomination. I'm not talking about a membership because really membership is not even biblical. I mean, it's really not. Uh, we do it for several different reasons. It's not like anti-God, and it doesn't change or, you know, it, does, it doesn't fall under false doctrine. You know, I understand why we do it. Uh, it it's helpful uh, when you obtain property. If you have to go to a bank, get a loan. They want to see, you know, a number of people. They want to see a membership. They want to see giving units, all these different things, and, and you know, we also use it. Now, we don't use it this way. I like, you know, I'm a numbers guy, so I like to know what's going on. But a lot of churches also use it as control, like you're a part of a club and you've signed up and now you've pledged this club and this is a life membership, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But it's not biblical. But I'm just saying you sold out. God sent you to a church. You've accepted the pastor. Uh, you, know, you know he's sent by God. You're, you're now in covenant with that church, with that pastor, under the direction of God. Uh, now, that being said, uh, we should take on godliness, we should begin to grow and we should kick out worldliness. Amen. But if we just take the church from a manly, cultural, carnal standpoint, then we put it in the realm of God. I think it'd be a lot harder to just to, to leave or get angry. or I think there'd be a fear, a healthy fear of God, that God established the church. Uh, Jesus said to Peter upon this rock I'll establish my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail Uh, you know so God established the church and God gave the church power God gave the church authority God set the parameters of the church and we can't bring the church into a carnal realm or or into the the culture that we live in into the realm of the natural culture uh, because in doing so uh, we can't address it the way God created it or, or the way God intended for us to address uh, the church, the, the, the system, the kingdom, and, and on and on it goes, all right? But let's just look here. I want to end with this. I might take you a few minutes longer today. Second Kings 17, it's uh, 33 thirty three thirty four. It says, they feared the Lord and served their own gods. After the manner of the nation whom they carried away uh, from thence. Unto this day they do not have the former manners. They fear the Lord, neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances or after the law and commandments which the Lord commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel. Now let's look at this here because I I want to call this the, the compromising church. We've talked about the spirit of Cain leading the church. We've talked about the Nicolaitans, and, and we're, we're looking how these are all the end-time spirits that are trying to deceive the body of Christ and infiltrate uh, the true churches of God. Well, in here we see three things. They feared the Lord. They started off strong. But they then served other gods. So let's say, remember the Nicolaitans? Uh, they didn't want... The parameters of the kingdom of God, or the parameters that God set alone, they wanted to bring other things in. That was the Nicolaitans, and God said, "I hate that. I hate those people. I hate that system. It's corrupt. It's ungodly, uh, so on and so forth." And you can find that in, in the Book of Revelation, uh, chapter two, six, uh, verse six and fifteen. But it was it's a it's a modernized, fabricated doctrine. The Nicolaitan Church, where Uh, yeah, I I like God, I like what God had to say, but we need to add more to it. We need to begin to change it, we need to grow it up, modernize it, and and let's bring all these elements in, and let's build our own system, let's remove the parameters that God set, and and let's recreate the parameters by man's way of thinking, or or by culture standards. Danger, culture, the culture has no reason ever, never, 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 ever to ever uh, tell a pastor, a church, a leader, a people that uh, you need to change. Uh, you need The church needs to change and go the direction of the culture. No, God's church was sent here to change the culture, not the culture changing the way kingdom people do things. Hope I'm helping you. They feared the Lord. They served other gods and they followed after the manner of nations. What does that mean? Well, uh, they feared the Lord, but they didn't fear him enough because if they feared him correctly, they wouldn't have the other gods. But when it says they followed after the manner of other nations, they followed after the culture of the present culture. Well, let's look at the the most, the majority of modern-day churches now that are just showing up everywhere, that go from you know, zero to thousands, that use man's back to John. Don't let man, man teach you how to do this. Well, that's what they're doing. Let man's education, you know, let's trust man's ways. But here it said, they went the way of the culture, or they let the culture begin to steer, come on, the the thing of God. Oh man, this is kind of yeah, this is the day we're living in. You gotta be wise to this. You gotta understand when you get around uh, you know, a teaching or a church or something where it's culture driven or it looks so much like the culture. It looks so much like you know, godless life, meaning just the, the culture without God, and it mirrors the image of a, of a you know a culture without God. You better start getting worried or you better start figuring some things out because if a, a, a pastor or a, a church allows sin in, uh, they cheer on sin, they take on sin, they look the part of the culture. Like when I walk in a, a, an assembly, God assembly, and there's a five-fold minister there, and he looks worse off than everybody in the crowd. Like like I look at him, and the way he's talking, the way he looks, and he's portraying an image of the modern-day culture without God, I'm leaving. You say, well, it's not about how you look. No, no, it is because your outer reflects your inner. I can just look at a person, and I can see what's going on on the inside because you portray what's on the inside. Uh, um, w- with the outside. So if you're not happy on the outside, something's wrong on the inside. If you're dressing a certain way on the outside, it's because you're, you're portraying or reflecting something that's going on on the inside. A true God, man or woman, no, they don't have it all figured out. No, they're not a perfect human being. Uh, but where they're missing it, they allow the grace of God to come in and tweak or fix things and they know enough to cry mercy when they need help but but they they these are now uh i mean come on are you here uh, we we can't let a, a cultural driven person lead a, a non-cultural uh you know system a kingdom system of god it doesn't work but that's what these people these compromising church people were doing all the way back in the old testament and we see it now even in the New Testament, or we see it even in the present day and age we're in. It's time to wisen up. It's time to get sober. It's time to fix and correct some things in your life. You say, preacher, why is it always doom and gloom? You'll look at me now, and you might say to me now, you know, he's a lunatic, he's crazy, he's ridiculous, he's fanatical. But but all that will change when the skies part, when you hear the horn of Zion, when the angels blow the horn of Zion, when the angels are sent here to rescue us and to bring us and meet us or hand us to God in the air, uh, you'll think a lot different about me then. So I'm not trying to take anything from you uh, except uh, you know, the, the deeds of Satan or the, the ways of Satan. I'm just trying to get you in line with God and, and come on, say amen. Oh, I'm out of time once again. I, I may have to, I keep saying this and threatening you, threatening you uh, to add another day, but we may have to do that in the very near future. I love you. Uh, you know, have a great Tuesday. <laughs> Let me pray you out because I know that's kind of heavy duty, but Lord, we need, uh, thank you now, Lord. We need help. We need to recognize that we have an enemy. We need to recognize that greater is he who is in us than he, than he who is in the world. So we, we possess the greater ability, we possess the real, true, and living God. The creator of all living matter is our God that lives on the inside of us. So we're not uh, exalting Satan. We're not lifting the name of Satan on high. No, no, no. We're just being wise, and we're understanding biblically the the timeline, the, 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 the game book, if you will, that you have given us to understand what Satan's up to now. Uh, where, where is he at? What demons has he loosed? What enemy has he loosed? You know, what weapons do we need uh, to combat this this demon? What How do we withhold him? Uh, how do we divert? And, and on it goes. So, Lord, I just pray now uh, for your spirit uh, of wisdom that would rest on the body of Christ. And I pray that we'd rise to a new level. I pray we'd rise to the occasion. And I pray, Lord, that the body of Christ would become swift, would become sharp, and severe in these last days, and we would cast off all this culture-mindedness. We would cast off all these things that would try to try to keep us in bondage to the world. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you have a blessed week. Don't forget Tuesday night, New Way Church here in Palm Coast. I'll see you there, six forty-five. We got a lot coming up as well. Doctor Seville, uh, Doctor Barclay will be here in the next uh, in, in, within about the next month. Both of those men will be here. And uh, we'll see you soon. God bless you.